to play that game is one to just be interactive, but also to get us starting to think a bit about ourselves, our gifts that we have, how other people might see us, and our purpose, and also kind of set me up to kind of jump into the message, because we're launching a series today that I truly believe has the potential to make 2020 um, a year that is radically different for you, but not just this year, and this is what I love about what I get to do for a living, is I really believe that what we're teaching over the six weeks of this series has the potential to really change the rest of your days on this planet, which really excites me because I think there's a whole lot of people out there that are living and not really understanding why they're living. And it's a big statement to say that this series could change the rest of your life, but I really think that if you come up with the answer after six weeks of why you are here on earth, that can actually set you up to live your life differently day to day. And so this series is based on a book um, called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Now, millions and millions and millions of people have read it. It has impacted millions and millions of people. It has over a thousand passages of scripture that are referenced in this book. So the foundation of this book is the scripture, uh, the, the writings, the words of God are kind of the foundation of this book. And why I want to start the year off with this series and why I've been looking for it since last fall when we kind of dreamed up doing this is I really believe that God has something special for you. I really believe that God has something personal for you. And I I believe God has something intimate for you. And this is even if you've been following him for a lot of years, he has something really, really specific and important for you through the six weeks of this series. And so um, here is how you can get the most out of the next 43 days of this series. So we're going to be doing this for the next six weeks. Um, It seems like a a long time, but let me just ask it to you this way. Would you be willing to invest 43 days of time into finding out the purpose for why you're on this planet? Like when you think about the rest of your life and living out a purpose that, that you might have for your life, 43 days is really not a whole lot. And so, so um, to, to get the most out of this series, there's a few things you need to do. One is you need to buy this book, The Purpose Driven Life. Um, we have copies in the lobby for you today. Um, they're $15. And I would suggest because they're, it's broken into 40 daily readings, okay? And so you can get one per couple. Um, I would love for you to walk out of here with this book in your hand. Um, and I want you to start reading it today. It's $15. You can pay cash at our starting point area. Um, our, little, our little square machine is broken today. It's not working. So we will actually give you this book and just on your honor, you're in church, don't like uh, lie to God, um, come back next week and you can pay for it with a credit card. But I want you to walk out of here with this book um, or at least order it today on Amazon. And if you got Amazon Prime, you can get it in a day or two and you can catch up. The readings are not that, um, are not that, not that long. Um, but uh, if you cannot afford a copy, we will give you one. I want you to have this in your possession because I believe so strongly in where we're going over the next six weeks. So that's, that's the first thing is get a hold of this book. Um, it's also available, you know, on your, your Kindle devices and whatnot. Secondly is this, um, I want you to commit for 40 days to reading each section. There's a, there's a day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day, six, day seven, that is one section. I want you to commit to just reading that one section a day for the next 40 days. And I'm just telling you, you will begin to learn things about yourself and about God and about your future that are just will make this year different and make the rest of your life different. And then the most important one to me um, is, is this. Uh, it is, um, if you want to get the most out of this series, is get into an on-purpose life group, okay? I just talked about them a little bit ago, but I'm just telling you, if you 
will, if you will commit to one night a week over the next six weeks, um, getting into a life group with other people that are reading this book daily and talking about it once a week after the message that happens on the weekend, um, it'll just change the way you experience this series, um, one. And two, um, we really want to build a sense of community with who is a part of our church. And I can't think of a better way than you not just coming in for an hour a week, but actually getting together with other people, sitting eye to eye, knee to knee in a circle, and getting to know them on a life level. That's why we call them life groups. We want you to do life with other people. And so, um, the, 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 again, the easiest way to do that, you've got that insert, fill it out, put it at starting point, put in the offering later, or you can sign up online, but I'm, they start starting next Sunday, they, they begin. For five to six weeks, you'll just make a commitment one night a week. We've got them most of the nights of the week, and um, we will find people, we'll kind of find a group that fits you where you live. They're all over the area where you live, and kind of the age and stage that you're in will try and pair you up. But the main question that we want to seek to answer over the next six weeks is why are you here? Why are you uh, with your, um, I, find this, I find this interesting, why, not just that you're here as a human, but why you are here with your 100 million nucleotide pairs that make you unique. It's incredible that you have 100 million settings that make you you, that make you unique, that no one else can have the same settings that you have. Why are you here? What is the meaning and purpose of you sucking oxygen from the person next to you? Like, what's, what's the point? It's a difficult question to answer. In fact, Dr. Hugh Moorhead, a philosophy professor at Northeastern University, um, he wrote to 250 of the best-known philosophers, scientists, writers, and intellectuals in the world, and he asked them, what is the meaning of life? And then he put them in a book, and what, what their answers in a book, and what was fascinating about it is many of them just offered their best guess. Some admitted that they just made up a purpose for their life, um, but they really didn't know, and others were honest enough to just say, I have no idea. In fact, many of them wrote back and said, okay, when you find out the answer, please let me know. And these are some of the best minds that we have. If you go online and search, you don't get a whole lot of good answers um, and assistance there. And I'll just read you some quotes. Um, there's a guy named Charlemagne's radio and TV personality. He says, when I'm sitting around, I'm thinking about how I can make my next professional career move. But more than anything, I'm thinking about the meaning of life and how fleeting it is. Um, Eric Fromm, he's a German psychologist. He says, there's only one meaning to life, the act of living itself. Um, Joseph Campbell, he's a, Campbell, he's a professor of uh, comparative religion at Lawrence University. He says, life is without meaning. Thank you very much. You bring the meaning to it. The meaning of life is whatever you ascribe it to be. Being alive is the meaning. And I look at that and I'm like, thank you, internet. Thank you very much. I'm smarter now because you're there. Um, Because these guys don't really know. When you get right down to it, not very many people have a good answer to why they're here. And the most popular answers out there are whatever you want your meaning to be. And I really don't know. And the meaning of life is life. Like that, there's a lot of people who say the meaning of life is just to live. Why so much confusion? Why don't we know? Why don't people just know intrinsically? And it's because most people, you and me, when we're trying to answer that question, we start at the wrong place. We start at the wrong place. We try and answer the meaning of our lives, the question of the meaning of our lives, by looking inside at ourselves. Self-help books, um, movies, seminars, they tell, you the meaning of, they tell you the meaning of your life can be discovered if you look inside yourself and somehow you become enlightened enough from within to either create your own purpose or discover it. Most of the self-help books, Christian 
self-help books even, um, offer the same steps. This is what they say. They say, consider your dreams, clarify your values, set some goals, figure out what you're good at, aim high, work hard, go for it, be disciplined, believe, see all the Marvel movies, pick a superhero you most identify with, achieve your goals, involve others, never give up. You're the master of your own destiny. I made up a couple of those. But uh, now, here's the thing. I'm not against any of those steps because I believe that you can be successful if you follow some of them. If you do some of the things I just listed, you can actually become successful in your life. You can usually succeed at what you set your mind to. But being successful and fulfilling your life's purpose are two very different things. Let me say that again. Being successful and fulfilling your life's purpose are two very different things. You can be wildly successful and rich beyond your wildest dreams and reach all of your personal goals that you set and still miss the purpose that you were created for and still miss out and miss understanding why you were made. Because here's the truth, and I want you to take out your note card. You got a note card you were given in a pen. If you do not have one, a pen or a note card, I want you to take notes today because I believe that you're not gonna be writing down necessarily the words that I say, but God might just break in and say something specific and unique to you. If you need a pen and a, and a, a handout, just raise your hand and we'll get, we'll get it to you right here. Ushers will bring it to you. But I want you to just have the opportunity to take notes. Even if you don't take them, I want you to have the opportunity. But here's the truth. You cannot discover your purpose by looking within yourself. You cannot discover your purpose by looking within yourself. Now, how do I know that? How do I know you can't discover your purpose by looking within yourself? And I'll just tell you this, because you didn't create yourself. You didn't create you. Therefore, there is no way that you can tell yourself why you were created. It's impossible for you to know why you're created by looking within. Now, let me illustrate this for you. Um, I brought along something here. Um, anybody want to take a, a wild guess at what this is that doesn't know? Anybody want to take a wild guess? Doorstop? Huh? It's astronomy. You look through the hole, you see the sun, see the moon. Door, it's a, it's a, um, actually, it's a cigar cutter. You put your cigar through and you hack it off on the other side. Um, it could be all kinds of things. Well, here's the interesting thing. I'll tell you what this is for. It's, I know what it's for because I built it. I made this. This is, the, this is one of the few things my dad ever gave to my brother and I. Um, he created and invented uh, a way to actually get water to dogs, small um, show dogs that are in shows all over the country without getting their faces all wet. So you actually take like a hamster gerbil bottle and you put the little spout through this hole and you get a bungee cord and you wrap it around there and they can actually walk up and get water without getting their faces all nasty in a bowl of water. Now, would you have ever guessed that? If I were to just go, hey, what's this? You would have never guessed that. Why? Because you didn't make this. And you can't ask this what it's for, can you? Hey, what? why are you made? It doesn't know. Why? Because it didn't create itself. It actually has a creator, an inventor. I'm the one that knows why it was made. Because I made it. And the only reason that I know why it's made is because I knew my dad. And my dad invented it. He created this. He built him in his basement. And he sold them all over the place. So I sell these all over Amazon. It's hilarious. I can't believe people spend 50 bucks on this, by the way, um, which, is, which is pretty fun for me. I have like a little bit of fun money to, to kind of do, do fun stuff with. Um, but if I handed you a new invention, like kind of the things on the screen that you'd never seen, ever heard of before, you wouldn't know its purpose because you didn't invent it. You didn't dream it up. You didn't think of what its use could be. Only the creator or an owner's manual could actually reveal the purpose. So why are people so confused about their purpose? Because they start in the wrong place. So often we start with ourselves. What do I want to be? Find my purpose in that. What, 
What should I do with my life? What are my goals? What are my ambitions? What are my dreams? What is my future? What do I want my future to be? All the while, the Bible says this, Job 12, 10. It is God who directs the lives of his creatures. Everyone's life is in his power. Everyone's life is in his power. Now, last I checked, everyone means everyone. Meaning your life is in the power of God. Everyone's life is in his power. So to find your purpose, where do you have to start? With God. You have to start with God. You can't start with you. You can't get to your life purpose by starting with you. You have to start with God. He's the one who created, created you. And so here's what this series is about. This series is about ending the speculation of why you are here and turning to the revelation from God as to why you are here. So we want to end the speculation that you've had maybe your whole life of trying to figure out your meaning and your purpose, and we want to turn to the revelation because only the Creator can reveal it to us. So we start with God. That's the key to discovering your purpose is you ask God, why did you make me? And to find answers, you turn to God's Word. Ephesians 1, verse 11 and 12, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Anywhere else you look other than in Christ, you will not find the correct answer, the right answer. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. He has designs for you for glorious living, part of the overall purpose that he's working out for every one of us. What does this tell us? That you find your identity and purpose in Jesus Christ. And you need to know a couple things about God. He was thinking of you long before you ever thought of him. Because maybe you're here and you're like, man, I don't even know why I'm here. I just need something in my life. And maybe this God thing is it. Do you know God's been thinking of you well before you ever started thinking about him? That's what this verse is telling us. His purpose for you, this is, fan, this is fantastic. His purpose for you predates your conception. His purpose for creating you predates your conception. You, can, you, you might choose your career, choose your spouse, choose your hobbies, many other parts of your life, but there's one thing you don't choose. You do not choose the purpose for which you were made. You can't choose that because it was already decided before you were conceived. God had a purpose in mind for you. That's God's business to give us purpose. So Rick Warren, in his book, Purpose Driven Life, um, he says this, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. So if that's true, if that's true, which I believe it is beyond a shadow of a doubt, then why did God create you? And today I'm going to start off our series with three truths about why God created you. And the very first one is this, God created you to love you. God created you to love you. Ephesians 1, 4, even before he made the world, what I tell you, before you were conceived, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Now, not only did God have your purpose decided before you were conceived, before the beginning of the world, and this is where you just got to think bigger than this planet. Before the beginning of the world, before the beginning of creation as we know the universe to be created, before the foundations of the planets and the solar system, God knew you, and he loved you. 
And you might be thinking, how could he do that? He's God, okay? (laughs) He thought up the universe. The universe was created with a word from his mouth. He's that powerful. He exists outside of time, outside of everything we know. And we know, based on his word, that he knew you and loved you before the universe was created. You were in his mind. Why? Because you have a significance that's important to him. You have a significance that's important to him. You have a purpose and a place on this earth. He needed to be filled, and he went to great lengths to create you. He went to great lengths to create you. God prescribed every detail of your body. He chose your race. He chose your skin color. He chose your hair. He chose every feature of you custom made. He determined what your natural talents would be. He determined your personality, your sense of humor, or lack thereof. He determined all that. He determined your personality quirks. He determined that you were going to snort every time you laugh. Um, he determined that you're going to throw up in your mouth every time the Green Bay Packers win. Um, he determined that you were going to, the way you were going to laugh, he determined that. He determined what foods taste good to you, your intellect, custom designed. Custom designed. Maybe not the Green Bay part, but custom designed. Psalm 139, 15. David, who wrote a number of passages in Scripture, he said, you know me inside and out. This is a man that was after God's own heart. You know me inside out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how. Exactly how. The uniqueness that you made me with. You know exactly how I was made. Bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something Because God made you for a reason, he decided when you would be born. He even decided when you would be born. When I was younger, I read almost every Louis L'Amour and Zane Grey Western novel I could get my hands on as a young boy. And I was convinced I was born in the wrong century. I'm like, man, I should have been out here like taming the West. That's what I read read those books. I'm like, I want to be in these stories. I want to be that guy. And then, you know, I look across my living room at the flat screen TV and I'm like, no, I'm in the right, I'm in the right century. I like this century. Psalm 139.16, like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life, all the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life, all prepared before I'd even lived one day. God determined how you would be born. God God determines how long you will live. God had planned the days of your life, the time and date of your birth, and the time and date of your death already planned. God planned where you would be born, where you would live for his purposes. God left no detail to chance. There is not a detail in your life that is left to chance. God has planned it all for his purposes. God loves you so much that there's not an arbitrary detail that is a part of who you are, which means this, you are not an accident. And some of you are here for that statement right here. Just this one statement is why God brought you here, because you just need to hear you're not an accident. You're not an accident. God decided how you would be born regardless of the circumstances. He had a a plan in creating you the way that he did. And it doesn't matter whether your parents were good or bad. God knew that those two individuals had exactly the DNA to make you. So he made you. Rick Warren writes in the book, he says, while there are illegitimate parents, there are no illegitimate children. Many children are unplanned by their parents, but they are not unplanned by God. There are unplanned pregnancies, but not unpurposed people. God's purpose took into account human error and even sin. God never does anything accidentally, and he never makes mistakes. God made you to love you just the way he made you.
just the way he made you. He made you for a significance far beyond your capacity to understand. So God wanted you in this world. And if he didn't want you in this world, he wouldn't have made you. It's not like God just said, hey, let's make some stuff. Mm, Oh, wow, it's getting out of control. No, that's not God. God is like, no, I, I need you. I need him. I need her on this earth. You're not an accident. God made you to love you. The second thought, second truth today is God made you to last forever. And I'll just tell you, this one kind of blew my mind this week as I was studying. Um, God made you to last forever, which means God's purpose for you lasts forever. Psalm 33, 11, but the Lord's plans stand firm. How long? Forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Ecclesiastes 3.11, yet God has made everything beautiful um, for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. God made you to live forever. We all somehow, deep in our souls, we know this. Um, we know that, that, that when we take our last breath on this earth, we're going to take our next breath somewhere else. Um, we know that's not the end of our life, and we know this because we all go to funerals, and what are you thinking of at a funeral for for the most part, you're going, where are they now? Because we all just intrinsically know that here's not it. It's not the end. We don't just disappear into nothingness. All of us intrinsically have this, 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 this desire, belief, and understanding that here is just the beginning of something else. 2 Corinthians 5.1, when this tent we live in, Paul the Apostle wrote this, wrote most of the New Testament, when this tent we live in, our body here on earth is torn down, which it will be for every single one of us, God will have a house in heaven for us to live in, a home he himself has made, which will last forever. And I will just say this, uh, at most you'll live like, let's say, 100 years on this earth. And I'll just tell you, I hope I don't live to 100 because I don't think anything will work anymore at 100. So it's like, get rid of me when things start not working. Um, uh, A few things, not everything, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So you're going to live 100 years on earth, right? Let's say say you're at the top, 100 years on earth. You're going to spend far more time, even though you got 100 years on earth, far more time in eternity than here. Because eternity is eternity. There's no limit on eternity. It's eternity. eternity. Now, here's the incredible thought that blew me away this week that literally I've never had this thought in my life. But gosh, it just shifted things in my understanding of myself and, and who God is and what God has created us to be. You were created on purpose. And the truth is your purpose doesn't end when this life ends on this earth. Your purpose lasts forever. Your purpose is eternal. If God created you to last forever and he gave you a purpose, he made you on purpose, your purpose lasts forever. Meaning this, God has an assignment, a need, a place for you to use who you are for the betterment of his purposes on earth and also his purposes in heaven. That's an incredible thought, isn't it? That God didn't just need you here. He needs you there too. He desires you to know him. Why? Because he built you with a purpose that far surpasses your hundred years on this planet. Your purpose lasts forever. It doesn't end with this life. And just think about, ponder that. How has God built you that's going to be used after this life? So if God's purpose for me lasts forever, then what is this life? Life here is preparation for eternity. Life here is preparation for eternity. This life is preparation for the next. His plan and his purposes for you are everlasting. This life is like the warm-up lap before the race. This life is like the preschool or the kindergarten of eternity. Like we have things that we need to learn, things we need need to learn to do. Earth is kind of the staging area, the practice workout before the actual game because we're going to spend so much time there. 
And I will just say this, if you live your life as if all that matters is here, you are making a fatal mistake with your life. Because all that matters is not just here. God says, I put you on earth to practice for what you will do forever. And I'll just tell you, when you realize that God made you and your purpose, he made you to love you and that you were made to last forever, it gives meaning to your life no matter what else happens to you. No matter what else happens to you here, it gives you meaning. When you fully comprehend that life here is preparation for eternity, you begin to live a little bit differently. You can live in light of eternity, and that'll color how you handle every relationship, every challenge, every circumstance. Suddenly, a lot of the activities and goals and problems that seem super important kind of fill up your whole windshield. When you look, live in light of eternity, those things actually kind of, kind of lessen in importance. It doesn't mean that they're not important, but they kind of drop down in the importance in your life. They kind of, some of them kind of become a little bit on the trivial side or petty unworthy of your everyday attention. Like as God gets bigger, everything else gets smaller in your life. When you live in light of eternity, your values change. You use time and your money and your money more wisely. You place a higher premium on relationships and character instead of fame, wealth, and achievement. Um, your priorities get reordered. Ordered. Keeping up with trends and fashions and popular values and like the next door neighbor doesn't seem to matter that much anymore when you live in light of eternity. Rick Warren says it this way, the most damaging aspect of contemporary living is short-term thinking. To make the most of your life, you must keep the vision of eternity continually in your mind and the value of it in your heart. There is far more to life than just here and now. Here is preparation for there, which means this, then your life here is a temporary assignment. Your life here is a temporary assignment. And the Bible is full of metaphors about our life on earth. We're called, um, we're called brief, temporary, transient. Um, uh, our life is a mist. Our life is a breath, a wisp of smoke. It's like a shadow. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow in light of eternity. Um, scripture uses words to describe us. Aliens, pilgrims, foreigners, strangers, visitors, travelers to describe our brief life here. And I'm not making light of your life. I just want to give you perspective that's bigger than what you have right now. Because God says his followers, if you choose to follow Jesus Christ someday, if you're not following him right now, are to think differently than people who don't believe in God. And this is what he says, Philippians 3.19. It says, people who don't believe in God, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And I'm just telling you, when you have a biblical worldview, when you start following Jesus, you realize that there's far more than just this life to life. Your identity is in eternity. Your homeland is in heaven. When you grasp this truth, you start worrying about, you stop worrying about having it all on earth. Can you imagine not, wake, not, not waking up every day and wondering how you're going to get more to keep up with the people around you and to be successful and to find fame and do all the things you have? Can you imagine waking up without that driving, driving, driving? Why? Because life is, more than more, is about more than that. Because here's the truth, and this may be discouraging to you. It may lift your spirits, but here's the truth about our life. You were not designed to be completely satisfied on this earth because you were made for more. You're not designed to be completely satisfied on this earth. And that might just be like, well, crap, why am I trying so hard? And that's not really the point. It's not to discourage you. It's actually to encourage you, meaning that if you're not satisfied right now, it's okay. You weren't designed to be satisfied here. You were designed to be satisfied when you're with your Father in heaven uh, in the life to come. That's where satisfaction comes. You'll have happy moments here, but nothing will even compare to what will be 
there what God has planned for you. So it's a huge mistake to be completely satisfied on the, to, to, to assume that God's goal for, or purpose for your life is material prosperity or popular success as the world defines it. It's a huge mistake to think that's what life is all about. So I love this quote at the end of the day five study. Rick Warren says this, when life gets tough, when you're overwhelmed with doubt, or when you wonder if living for Christ is worth the effort, remember that you're not home yet. At death, you won't leave home. You'll actually go home. And I'm telling you what, that statement is so hope-filling for me. And I'll just be honest. Hey, my life here is not perfect. Many of you guys know I lost a leg back in 1997. I have pain every single day in my legs. They hurt all the time. I wake up in the morning. My first thing is not to put on my pants, is to put on my legs so that I can put on my pants, okay? So, like, that's my life, right? I use crutches every single day. Uh, that's just my life. So here, I'm not looking for, hey, I want it all here. I've already lost it all if here's all there is. But gosh, if here is just preparation for there, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to there. I'm really looking forward to there. So I have one more truth for today um, at the beginning of our journey, of this six-week journey. But before I get to it, we're going to receive our offering. So ushers, if you guys can come on down. Um, we're going to receive our offering right now. And here's the deal. If you are new, um, we are, I don't want you to feel any um, obligation to give right now. Let the basket go by. This service is our gift to you. Um, if Kensington's your home church and you're like all in on the mission that we're on, this is where we take time and we give back to God from what he's blessed us with. Um, and I just want to say thank you to those of you that, um, thank you to those of you that are, are regular givers. All right, I've got one more thought, and then we're going to jump into the rest of the day, uh, kind of how we're going to end our service. But our last, the last thought, the last truth is this. It's not about me. It's all about God. It's not about me. It's all about God. What we said earlier is you were made by God and for God, and until you realize that, your life isn't going to make sense. I'll just tell you, if you're trying to make sense of your life, until you realize that you were made by God and for God, your life's not going to make sense because it's not about you. The closer you get to God, the more you understand your purpose, not the other way around. The closer you dig within, you find your purpose, the closer you get to God. Love this verse. I'll read one last verse, and we're going to say something together, and then we're going to pray. Colossians 1.16, we look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose, and this son being Jesus. We see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angel, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him, Jesus. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. So this is what we're going to say together because this is kind of the foundation of this series, and I saved it the best for last, is it's not about me, it's all about God. I want you to say that with me out loud. You guys ready? It's not about me, it's all about God. Let's say it like we mean it even though we don't like it. It's not about me, it's all about God. Let's do it one more time so we'll get it cemented in our brains. It's not about me, it's all about God. Now, I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them it's not about you, it's all about God, okay? Turn to the person next to you, it's not about you, it's all about God, okay? That's what you can just say. There you go. And do not use that as an argument technique in your marriage or relationship, okay? Do not do that. But I want to end with this. There are two things that Rick Warren says are always the right time to do. He says it's always the right time to come home to Jesus and accept his gift of grace. 
It's always the right time to come home to Jesus and accept his gift of grace. And I want to just pray with some of you who today is the first time where you accept God's gift of grace. He sent his son here to die for you on the cross, to pay for your sins so that you would know him and be able to find your purpose. And for others of you, it's time for you to commit to finding your purpose and come back to God. So would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? And I just want to ask you if today um, is your day to kind of accept Christ um, as your Lord and Savior and you want to start the journey to finding your purpose in him, I want to ask you to pray with me. You can kind of use my words, um, make them yours, and say something like this, God, for the first time, I open my heart, my mind, and my life to you. Help me get to know you personal, personally. I believe you sent your son Jesus to earth to die on the cross for my sins. So please forgive me for my sins. Help me discover my purpose and live that out the rest of my days. And then with your eyes closed and heads bowed, the second prayer I want to pray is for those of you who want to commit to finding your purpose through this series. You can make my words your words. If today's your day and you're just going, I'm going to commit to coming back to God. I'm going to commit to finding my purpose. I'm going to commit to reading for 40 days um, and discovering this. I want you to just pray with me and just make my words yours, quietness of your heart to God. God, I realize that if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be alive. You must have a purpose for me. And I've been focused on my life, my purpose, my plans, but I wanna know your purpose and plans for my life. So I commit the next 40 days to finding your purpose and your plans and your identity for me. In your holy name, amen.